They are coming for the top of the stretch in the run, Happy Travers. And it is Midnight Bourbon and Essential Quality. And now they're heads apart as they head for home with the roar of the Saratoga crowd. It is Essential Quality on the outside of Midnight Bourbon. The two of them are right together inside the eighth pole. Essential Quality narrowly. Midnight Bourbon continues the battle on. They're coming down for the finish. It is Essential Quality and Midnight Bourbon. Essential Quality has won the run. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga And all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets what is up, I'm Jared Welch, he's Aaron Halterman, this is Blinkers Off, What's uh, hey, and he's Ricky, what What the hell, dude, what, did you just jump on? No, I, I actually was told from a reliable source <laughs> that I feel like I provided extra enthusiasm over the weekend, well, on Friday, Thursday, so I, I figured I'd hop on and try to make it two in a row, keep the streak rolling. Well, you know, uh, Halterman texts me, I think it was the day we got, the day after we got back, he's like, you should listen to this Travers preview show that we did at the, you know, we all were together. He's like, it's hysterical. And so I was like, all right, I'll listen to it. And I, I, I shouldn't have texted you that. Now you're, now you're going to, I'm not going to be able to get rid of you on these fucking shows. So yeah, yeah. Well, we're off to a really flying start. Boy, you two are just, especially Ricky. I tell you what, I think I bring a lot of energy to bring cares off. Very good, Ricky. You're off to a very good start for that. Listen, we got a great show. We got a lot going on. Remington Park's happening. Del Mar's happening. College football opening Thursday. We got games all over the place. Uh, I'll try to bring you up here a little bit, Ricky. It's going to be <laughs> one hell of a show. We've got shit going on everywhere. I, I, and oh, by the way, we're going to talk about racing coming up Saratoga Del Mar open, or closing weekend. So this is going to be fast and furious, uh, even if Ricky doesn't want it to be. Yeah, are you guys uh, are you guys gonna like hash like kind of hash whatever you guys had going on last weekend, or are you guys that water under the bridge now? Well, once he admits that watching racing from Remington Park is pointless, then sure, I'll bury the hatchet up. <laughs> I guess uh, once you admit that you're boring, then we'll we'll bury I'm the hatchet. Bore. I just I don't I mean there's so much going on, and we're watching what is that ten thousand claimers from Remington Park? I just have no interest. It's fifteen. The second race is fifteen thousand dollar claimers. So we got a lot I'm going sure. on, Ricky. You need to you I'm need sure to get signed on. You know, I'm sure Nick Scott. You got to bring the energy on this show, okay? Yeah. No, I'm ready. I'm sure Nick Scott is quivering in his barn, seeing who's going to win these races tonight. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be. Um, no, I need the energy because it's been since I got back. I've basically been sick, so. Um, this is the first day that I felt somewhat okay. Uh, the boys, I got the boys back the next day, and we all have been sick. I've had colds, uh, which might sound like that. 
since. And it's been, you know, well, maybe you two, you know, I'm sure you, your young buck, uh, Ricky there has been sleeping in and relaxing. I have not, I have not got a good night's sleep since, well, not, it wasn't in Saratoga. So, <laughs> uh, it's been a minute. So tonight I'm going to sleep my ass off. So I needed to bring, you know, uh, high energy Ricky on the show. So I need it. I need well, it, Ricky. I, I'm ready to go. Hopefully, we get some football scores. Hopefully, Remington Park cashes for Aaron. We're, we're, this is going to be exciting. Uh, Thursday night, there's no pro football, but we got some college. We got some horse racing. Big weekend across the country in terms of horse racing. So I'm sure we'll dive into that as well. There's a lot to like here on Labor Day weekend, a little preview. You know, I love that the Magic Mike guys are commenting on their show and this being a fantastic, exciting show. When I've watched their show once or twice, it's usually what I put the kids to bed with, actually. So um, that's usually how I handle that. Uh, Mark says, <laughs> "Border Combat is the greatest show." Oh, is that that's a uh, that's a Billy Madison quote? I love it, uh, <laughs> Mark. Uh, hey, all right, we got a big show. Uh, we're obviously going to go in. We're going to dive into the Travers, and uh, obviously, essential quality wins. Uh, that over Midnight Bourbon, we were all, all three of us were there, so we're going to talk a little about that. We're going to talk over the guide, including all the recap recap of all the undercard stakes race. Oh, the day was amazing. I mean, it was chalky. It, I mean, but who cares? You know, it was just an amazing day of racing. The stars were there and they showed up. But before we get into any of that, let's uh, let's just start with Ricky because I'm seeing if he's got the best thing he saw today. Was he prepared? The best thing I saw today is that my suit for the wedding this weekend fits. I I tried it on for the first time in probably since I graduated college, um, and it fit. Uh, I was really happy because it would have been pretty bad. So that was the best thing I saw. It had nothing to do with me. Um, There wasn't a lot going on, to be honest. You know, I could have went with floods in New Jersey. Um, Aaron, uh, Aaron, Jared, you were the only one to ask me if I was okay. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Literally the only person to ask me if I was okay. I've um, been, I've been sleep deprived. I probably didn't know who I was texting, honestly. So, well, I'll take it as a compliment. Anyway. But yeah, <laughs> the, the fact that the suit fit is the best thing I saw. Cause I would have been in trouble. Had that suit not fit. I, I don't know what I would have done. When does, I need it. when does the girl get in? tomorrow afternoon right around 12 45 so that suit better fit otherwise i was gonna have to open that wallet just like i did at sperry's and i would have had to make a <laughs> big time purchase again for two weekends in a row big day so, big day tomorrow this is a big day yeah. yeah big day i think for the whole brand for the whole racing dude's brand like how, how what happens do, do i mess it up is it a bad look pr wise um There'll be plenty of texts and and phone calls exchanged, so you guys will uh, be kept up to date hour by hour on how it's going. Halterman, is he going to close the deal? I listen. Best thing I saw today is Ricky's here. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky's here. That's the best thing I saw today. I got to spend some time with him earlier, and it was lovely as always. And he's here now, and it's it's even better now. I mean, he's even better at night, folks. And maybe. You know, maybe we should think about that and maybe maybe let his woman know tomorrow that he may or may not be with that he's even better at night. Remember that, ladies. <laughs> oh, true. You know, That's fair. you know, you, you guys all three are you two doing the jockey, which, by the way, I, I, I'm guessing Ricky won. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys did the, you know, the jockey standings or whatever. Well, you got we could do a. You guys should do some sort of weekend bet with, you know, different, you know. 
Obviously, the big one, you know, does Ricky get laid? That's a big one. But, you know, did the suit fit? That could have been part of one. Or, you know, does she show up and say, uh-oh. You know, what, what, you know can, we got, can we get someone to follow along with Ricky to kind of give us... I mean, because I don't trust Ricky's going to give us, you know, exactly what's happening. Like, she's going to be loving him no matter what. Well, like, like Halterman, like Samich says, I could live stream it. I, I could throw a GoPro on when I pick her up. <laughs> get an initial reaction. <laughs> you are the gift that keeps on giving. I swear to God, I can I can make this real fun over the weekend. Now I just I need some inspiration potentially, but we, we can get um, some live reaction from the wedding. Maybe I'll just FaceTime everyone from the wedding. Um, we'll see. I, I can get a lot of positive reactions, a lot of real live updates. So I'll think about it, it and see what I come. It, it, I'd like to change. I'd like to lock in my bet, though. If you are going to show up wearing a GoPro and the suit at the airport, I would lock in that you're getting laid is like fifty to one. Like I, just, I, I think, what? I think the, ch- the the odds go way up well, if that's it, what you're. Gonna, be I, I need to know though. It wouldn't be with the suit on. It would just be me wearing a GoPro around like the top of my head or my chest in whatever clothes I was driving. I wouldn't be wearing the suit. That's pointless. <laughs> this is why. This is why we had Ricky. Over under on number of times Ricky tells his date real quick. Samich has set the line. The Samich Casino set the line at fourteen and a half. <laughs> well, we know the end. We know the end of the night. He'll be saying real quick a lot of times. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'll have the chance to utter the word real quick. <laughs> real quick, just real quick. Uh, <laughs> there's like there's fourteen right there. 14, you know, once the doors close. Uh, yeah, give me the over. Lock in the over on that one, please. Um, hey, listen, I got I got a good one for you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll change the subject a little bit. You, But love is the best thing I saw today because I'm telling you, it's starting Cohen and Ella. It's starting. Wow. They've been exchanging videos back and forth to today, and they are they are buddies. I, for the record, and I, I'm going to ask this now on September 2nd, 2021. I want to, I don't know what the word is, or you said Ryan Stillman got ordained for your wedding. Oh, no, no, I can't allow this. No. I want to be ordained. No. Ever to, no. Ever were to exist. No. I could hold Oliver, or Oliver and I can walk out we, and do we it. We already have a Jewish priest. It's Ryan. We don't we don't need another. Yeah, Ryan would use to superpowers for one day. <laughs> That's true. No, you're gonna be you're be holding Oliver. We know what you'll be doing. You'll have to hold Oliver the whole time. Yeah, listen. Well, I hope I'm not holding him in like 20 years. I would hope <laughs> No, they're getting married soon. Um no listen, they I I I asked Cohen, or Cohen was talking about uh, you know, I give him a hard time about girlfriends and if he's had a girlfriend and I, and I said, what about Ella? And he's like, who's, who's Ella? And I was like, remember the girl? And I showed him a picture that I showed in a video and he's like, maybe. <laughs> and I, so I sent a video, uh, to her mom or to Kate is, uh, Slim's wife. And I was like, of Cohen saying that Ella might be, and I got one back, and Ella was like opening of her watching the video, and she was smiling. And I mean, it was, I'm just saying. I talked to her. I've been Slim, and I have been talking. We're working out the logistics of it all. I'm just saying we might have a uh, we might have a little uh, racing dudes uh, little. You know, this might be how it all started. You know, like it wasn't that we met Slim; it was that my, our kids were able to meet. Well, 
it's a, like a racing dudes and racing dudettes, right? So I don't know. Um, yeah, someone just said seven nothing Ohio State. Yeah, we're off to a good start. Um, yeah, that's actually really good to know. It just gives me like a mental picture of where we are on this timeline, so I know when I have to go get ordained and things like that. So I'm happy you gave me that update, so I mentally. Oh. You wouldn't. You can find anyone better it's, than me to do it. By the way, just throwing. He that could out. screw up a wet dream, couldn't he, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> Anything fun, he just sucks the life right out of it. Like oh, please, that thing as hard as he can. There's nothing left. Okay, well, um, on that note, let's get to today's show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You two. Uh, maybe we should put you two next to each other and me. Here, do this. Can we do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. There you go. Uh, on today's show, we're going to uh, recap the $1.25 million run happy Traverse Stakes, as well as look at how the betting and stra- uh, wagering guide worked out this weekend on the Traverse Stakes wagering guide. Then the, we're going to get to Rapid Fire selections for the remaining stakes action this weekend at Del Mar and Saratoga, and of course, including the Jockey Club Gold Cup, a Breeders' Cup winning your in Challenge Series event for the Longines Classic. Let's go! Last Saturday, the dudes were live at Saratoga for, of course, the Travers Stakes. It was a massive day. Uh, no matter how you look at it, undercard, the Travers, of course, was a, it was an amazing effort there by Central Quality. The day was just loaded with, uh, with star performances and, and, and stars and star performances. We saw them really in every race. And we're going to go through, uh, if you followed us, if you, if you bought the, uh, the Travers Stakes wager guide, of course, we do these for all the big racing events uh, over the year, of course. Uh, the Breeders' Cup is the, kind of the, the the big pinnacle one of the end of the year. You'll want to make sure you get your hands on that. We do a live bankroll on the big ones. Halter and I team up, uh, and we do a uh, we kind of we we lay out exactly how we're going to make every single bet. You know, a lot of people buy the guides and they say, well, you know, you know, there's a bunch of options. Well, this is telling you, hey, we're betting it with you, and this is exactly what we're doing. And we're going to run through it. Kind of what uh, it's always good for him and I both, I think. Um, we do it obviously on the airplane when we're flying somewhere on the way back. We, I mean, it's all we talk about for like three days about what we messed up and why we, you know, what we should have done better, what we did, what we did great. And I think that's good for any handicapper. So we're going to go through all seven stakes races as a little bit of a recap what we saw, what we liked, and then in general, uh, how we played the race, how we could have done it better. It was a chalky day, you know, no matter how you look at it. You know, it was tough to make money. We knew going into it, you've got to press your opinions. That's at least how we were going to play it. That's how it worked out. Um, so let's go through some of these. Uh, let's kick things off with the race for the Boston, Boston Spa Stakes. And we kick things off with a, we did a $50 win on number three, Vidaria. Vidaria? We'll call it yeah. that. Um, and dude, we snuck that one out. But we got in. The, we it was one of the few times I feel like in the guide where you and I had an opinion, a win opinion. We played it early on the card, and we got it right. We got in the green, and we never looked back. Yeah, it's a good way to kick it off. This was certainly a day where you have to be versatile in your wagers. This is not a day where you're going to play a pick three for a dollar base and play forty combinations. You're just you're going to get killed if you were going to do that. Uh, we even had some pick threes that we'll talk about a little bit later. Originally for five dollars, that would have hit and would have made like six bucks. So it, you'll see later on we played pick threes for twenty and thirty dollars, just because we knew this was going to be extremely chalky. We kicked it off here, and a lot of people would say, well, a win wager on a four to five shot, big deal. Well, it's a win, and that's the thing. You have to build your bankroll here. This looked like a surefire winner to us. Now, listen, 
obviously this was not a surefire winner. She had to work the entire length of the stretch to get it done. But at a card like this, you're better off playing the chalk and get creative with how you bet them rather than trying to pick long shots or trying to even pick mid prices because they just weren't as good as these horses that were the short prices. So, yeah, nice $50 win wager to start it off. We got a little bit lucky here. Um, This was really one of the only bets we had to sweat uh, the whole time. Uh, You know, most of them were pretty much in the bag. This one uh, had to sweat it out. But, yeah, good good way to start and build up the start of the bankroll here. I think we saw it firsthand, too, and I don't want to name names. He's not on this feed, so you're all safe. But we saw it firsthand whenever how we played it throughout the day, you know, like you just laid out. And and then the other side was – trying to get creative, trying to play long shots, playing, trying to play tries that have prices underneath. And one of us had a good outcome, the other one didn't. And that, and that, that's just the kind of day it was. If you're not a chalk player and you refuse to play chalk, Saturday wasn't your day. You know, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think as a good handicapper, you have to be able to pivot and understand this is what the, the card looks like. Basically get, you know, you can only get, you know, bet what you, what you, Things gonna happen, you know. My it's people say, "Why are you betting that?" Well, because I think it's gonna win. Like, what do you mean? That's why. That that's why I bet it. Yeah. Uh, but Daria finish or uh, play or win uh, was three sixty for the win. So it wasn't like we. I mean, we bet fifty to win. We got like forty back. Uh, made forty yeah. there. So you know, it was like you said. It was kind of one of those efforts where you kind of thought she was gonna win the whole way, but she had to work for it the whole way too. Uh, Ricky, what's your thoughts? Well, you let Ricky kind of touch because you know we we're doing the handicapping as far as. The guide went, how we kind of saw the race. Ricky, you kind of touch on like just the race in general, what you thought. Before I do, at the top of the page, it says Aaron Halterman and Jared Welsh. Who decided who goes first and who goes second? I think that, that that's my first question. Well, uh, alphabetically, his name is A and mine's a J. So oh, that makes- that's how. No, yeah. I think when we talk about this race, I actually thought she was going to lose. Uh, to be, I mean, you gave another 50 yards or so and she probably would have lost. Um, to your point, it's kind of like you, you know, you just play the chalk. If you think that's the way it's going to pan out, you almost got even money, you know, three again, three sixty. So it kind of is what it is. Um, you still made like 40 bucks on it. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you have to get creative in these sort of situations. If you got to play straight exactives, like playing or, or you have to single in, in these multi sequences. Um, if you single and we'll get to the rest of it i guess but if you single then it made sense but taking multiple shots and in, in these races just it ended up costing you money so there's really not much to add other than she barely held on it was it was an exciting race one of the more exciting ones um on the card for sure yeah kick things off on the stake section we had a couple of races in between then we jumped to race seven which was the ballerina stakes and of course Gamine was the heavy favorite uh, here for Bob Baffert. Brought uh, brought her in, one of the few that he brought in. But Gamine came into the Ballerina, obviously extremely tough. We, you know, she she had to go uh, up against. I mean, she loves the track. She liked the distance. I mean, it was really hard to go against her here. You and I, we thought, okay, how do you? We did this with her earlier in the year at Churchill Downs. So how do we use her? But Obviously, he can't bet her to win because she's going to be pounded, and she was. So we decided we played a $20 pick three with singling her, and we played uh, a few in the next couple of legs. But first, I'll let you kind of talk about the race and what we did. Yeah, this is one of them where we originally had a pick five, a pick three for $5, and it actually, I think, would have lost money if we would have kept it like that. Uh, and we just decided, 
you got to play more than five even you got to pound the hell out of these sequences um twenty dollar pick three here with gamine and and this one was never really in doubt um you know and then i guess we'll go over the next two legs i won't get into those too detailed but this is a situation here where okay gamine's going to be two to five at best you cannot play this horse to win um and it, the other situation is okay do you try and play an exacta here and we got to thinking and it's like anybody could finish second in this race we don't we don't have a strong opinion the strongest opinion comes in the next two races we think we can get this big three home that's where we thought we could get the value this wager does cash and like I say we'll talk about how it cashed and what happened in the ninth but uh it was an 80 dollar wager and you got back 178 bucks that's that's and that's actually what we wanted we wanted to get value on Gamine, or not value, I guess, maybe not the right word, but just get a little more bang for your buck. We didn't want to bet $100 and get $20 or $30 back. So we bet $80, and we got $178 back. Uh, this one worked out. We did another one a little bit later. We'll talk about the didn't, um, but this was never in doubt here in this race, and she just kind of cruised around there, and we got on to the next leg. Yeah, she was she was a beast. Um, you know, and this was one of those that, you know, like you say, we spent $80 total on the ticket, and I mean, we both, you and I both said before, you know, because the way we do it is we, you know, you kind of get, throw out your ideas, I throw out my ideas, and we start to kind of blend it together. I mean, we were still working on this um, on the airplane on the way between uh, yep. between Springfield and, and Albany. We were on our flights. We were working through the details and, okay, let's describe. I mean, the, let's just say the guide was different when we took off Springfield when we landed. I mean, we so we kind of com completely just went through i mean we were uh this one was it was an interesting guide because we knew it was going to be chalky and how do we maximize to our best potential in terms of what we think this is going to pay it was more like okay what do you think these are going to pay that was more what was it about because we kind of felt strongly yeah i think gamine's gonna win yeah i think it's either jackie or life is good yeah i think yeah you know what i mean like so we tried to get creative as best we could but it was more about what do you think this is going to pay because we're going to have to amp up the price here um in terms of, let me quickly ask you, what in terms of someone like saying, okay, well, is this, would you ever play this? Like, we're doing this for the guide. We are playing it. We bet it with our own money. But if it wasn't, if we weren't doing a guide, would you ever suggest playing a, a pound, a, a, a pick three like this? I mean, because to me, I love the, the, well, I love playing this the, the, like this because it's free money. And honestly, life is good, should have won, and we would have got paid even more. Look, the bottom line is you play what you can with the horses that you have that makes the most sense. So, yes, the absolutely yes. If the situation calls for a straight pick three for $20 or a straight pick fee for $30 or a, a, a pick three for $20 where you play one, two, two, yeah, you absolutely do it. You, there's a lot of people that think it's, it's just, it's in a box, right? And it's like you have to do this every single time with all your wagers. No. Maybe your handicapping principles need to stay consistent, but your wagers have to be based on the value that you project the horses are going to pay out. So, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, it probably took us 20 minutes to handicap these stakes races, all of them. They were super easy. Right. And it took us a day yeah. to put together the wagering formulas or the rate wagering plan. We looked up. Okay, what happens if it's a, a three to five and an even money and a three to five? What is that pick three going to pay? We've looked back years prior to similar situations trying to calculate, okay, this is the projected payout we're going to get for this pick three. Here's here's the the dollar amount we need to play it for. Here's the combinations we, we can play it for to make this you know, make sense. 
that's that's the thing. You have to be flexible with what your wagering plan is based on the horses you've selected. That's the big key to this. Yeah, yeah, you said it exactly right. Yeah, that was it's that's what it all goes back to. There's such a difference, a wide margin of, of difference between handicapping and betting. You know, yep. we uh, you know you could handicap these races perfectly and and lost a lot of money on Saturday and. Uh, Thankfully, we, we, we did it at least good enough. Uh, Ricky, what did you think of Gamine and that performance of, in the Ballerina? I, I thought she was solid. I don't think it was obviously one of her better ones. I thought it was, like, again, her one of her better ones is fantastic. Um, I, I don't know how much we can take away from this because if Lake Avenue runs second, and I don't think anyone on here at least thought Lake Avenue can really run, I mean, some of these other horses, Aaron and I talked about it, it how good is Sconson? Maybe not as good as we thought coming into this one. Estilo Talentoso, she didn't really run well. There was one horse who ran well. That's not named Gamine. And I thought it was Lake Avenue. She was, what, the highest price, on, one of the higher prices on the board. So I don't think there was much here. Uh, Gamine just continues to roll. I, she's not as good as she was last year, but she still wins races and still does it with relative ease. Um, with that being said, I. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens if she does get tested, but who knows if that's going to happen anytime soon. It doesn't seem like she's going to be maybe in the, in a breeder's cup race. We'll find out, but um, yeah, I thought it was solid. I'll give her like a B plus for her standards. B plus mm-hmm. a minus nothing more, nothing less. No, I think she's the problem with her is <clears throat> things like she's doing it pretty much. She just easily does it. It's not, she's not going to over like, I agree. She's not as good as she was. But she's also really fucking good still, and she, you, you've got who you have to eyeball her. The only way you beat her is eyeball her, and I don't know how you eyeball her. Um, just seems like she's just better than the rest, um, and she just is fast. Like she'll put, like she won't wow you away by you know, like how she was winning those, you know, the test. Didn't she win the test by like ten links or something? You know, it's like she's mm-hmm. not going to do that anymore. But she's just good. It feels like she's just like Halterman. I think you made a good. Uh, the other day, I think it was the other day. I was like, she's like, okay, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna get out in front of everybody. Okay, they're getting a little closer. Okay, I'll go a little faster. And it's just kind of like she just kind of keeps them at bay. Like you kind of, we've seen this with her the last several times where you're like, it kind of looks close, but at the same time, you're like, it's not really. Yeah, yeah. She just, you know, just get ahead. Here comes another one. I'll just pull away. I, I don't know if she's just kind of maybe a step below where she was, or she's just kind of a little smarter and knows she doesn't need to just kick clear of all of them and kill them I, I don't know which one it is but yeah this was never really in doubt all right let's go to the next one the forego so we saw the <laughs> this one this one we'll be talking about in a while uh so the forego we, we get we get through gamine okay now as far as our pick three goes we have doubly blessed and yapon in our two those are two horses but i liked yapon on top you like doubly blessed i had doubly blessed second we both liked that horse it had provided value the horse did go off at almost 15 to 1 so like all right we got the favorite we got value we didn't expect to see what we saw <laughs> uh thank thankfully for friends fire this cat this ticket would not have cash because friends fire goes up next to uh to yapon there in the stretch and as it says in the comments, savaged by foe is what Yaupon was. Friends Fire just bit the hell out of Yaupon after he got in the lead. He got he put a nose ahead in front of Yaupon. He was gonna go right by him. Bit the hell out of the horse for like what felt like five minutes. <laughs> Yaupon gets back to the lead after Jose finally gets Friends Fire off of him. 
He re-rallies and still almost wins the damn thing. It was the craziest shit you'll ever see at a racetrack, let alone a grade one race. On the outside, Forenze Fire. On the inside, it is Yopon. Forenze Fire seemed to savage Yopon there in the stretch, and it's going to be Yopon who gets to the wire first. You, you probably never see something like that in the stretch of a grade one race ever again. Yopon comes out the winner. <laughs> There's... It was kind of a weird race, too, because you had Whitmore, who obviously didn't run his race. He's retired. He got vanned. You know, doubly blessed. I think he kind of broke down. Something happened to him. So none of the closers really did anything. So you had this kind of stretch run where Friends Fire Yapon kind of ran away there. It was crazy shit, man. Yeah, this was crazy. And this is where luck comes in in horse racing a lot, right? Because if if, if Friends of Fire just keeps running, we lose this bet. But it says he tries to do what he did, and the Alpine wins the race, and we stay alive. Uh, you know, this was the race where we tried to, quote-unquote, get cute, try to play a little bit of money on a long shot, and it didn't go well. You know, it didn't go well at all. So uh, that was a miss with the win bet. But you advance because of the craziest thing you'll ever see in this sport, probably. I mean, who knows? We see crazy shit every day, but this one really takes the cake. Um, yeah, I mean, Yalpon runs really hard. And we get through this leg, not with the horse we wanted, but we still get through to the Allen Jerkins. And at this point, when Yalpon wins, we pretty much know that bet is cash. We think there's a 99% chance we're going to cash that big three. So it was a good feeling. It was not a good feeling to see Doubly Blessed range up like he was getting ready to make a move and go backwards. That was not a good feeling at all. Um, but, you know, took a shot there in a race we really didn't have a strong opinion on and, and got beat. Yeah, we also, you know, we, we had a 20 to win on Delby Bless as well because obviously it was top pick um, in the guide as well as I had the horse second. So, we're like, well, we got to put money on the horse at that price. Makes the day if the horse wins. And, yeah, you're right. And I think I even said, of course, we're at the track. We don't know. We can't try to tell anyways. Uh, I, I said something to you after the race. Like, man, it looked like he was ranging up. And then it's like, it's like he was running weird. Like, I don't know. He just – then it's like, well, he broke down or I don't, I don't know. I think he I think he survived. I haven't heard otherwise. But – I don't know if he ever, ever went down, um, but the point is, like, he never, obviously something happened, so that was unfortunate yeah. for sure, um, but yeah, we survived, and like you said, you knew from there, it's like, okay, let's look at the wheel pace, because it's either going to be Jackie, or it's going to be Life is Good, um, we'll get into what we wanted or what we thought, but uh, of that, as far as that race went, the Jerkins, but, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking about the, the Jerkin uh the jerkin the jerkins uh ricky what do you think of that that uh, performance there yeah i again i was on the record saying i thought the equipment got tangled which clearly was wrong after the fact because i had never again i had seen that in harness racing before so that's what where i my initial thoughts were that wasn't the case i've never seen anything like that um it's probably the most exciting thing that i saw though on saturday because i don't think i'll ever see that again <laughs> definitely not in a grade one race. I could promise you that, let alone just another stakes race. And I don't know if I'm ever going to be on site to watch it either. Like it might happen on NBC, a replay or a video. But um, in terms of the race, yeah, the Alpine would have lost, I'm pretty sure. And then you have the argument that no one really thinks about. Does Forense Fire get taken down if he wins? <laughs> I believe that he that he would have. No one is <laughs> really bringing that up, but... What are the rules for that? That's I don't know what the official wording for interference is. That's clearly a definition of interference. Now, again, I don't know what the legitimate wording is, but if someone's trying to bite you or savage you, whatever term you want to use, that is clearly interfering with Yalpon's ability to win the race. 
So I don't think Firenze Fire would have held up anyway, to be quite honest. I think if you had Yalpon, you were a winner, even if he crossed the line, the finish line, or crossed the wire second, because they couldn't have left that horse up. There's no way. So I think looking back at it, Yalpon would have been the winner regardless. Yeah, that was something that Halter and I talked about traveling home. I was like, man, what would have happened if if he would have won? And then you have a, like I'm with you, but an inquiry on a, not the jockey. No jockey didn't do anything wrong. The literally the horse biting another horse, and I don't I don't know where that is in the rule. I, we need to ask John Halterman about what that would like. What that I guess the interference is interference, but it makes it even more interesting. Even though it you would be impossible to know, but it's like Yalpon looked unfazed by all of it. Like he just kept running. So you could argue like yeah, it didn't bother him, but obviously. You can't bite another horse, uh, but it would have been interesting if the, if the if Ferenc Fire wins, and then you have an inquiry over a horse, the horse getting bit, like that would be a first time. We'll, have to, we'll ask John White about that and uh, and get because I'm, I'm sure he's got an answer. I'm testing him right now, so we'll get the answer before the show's over. I'm sure. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, that was it. Was just just a, and really from there on because obviously Gamine that was exciting. Um, you know, we had the stakes early in the action, but you, from this point on, and you could kind of feel it, like this got everyone, everyone was chattering, no one could believe this had happened, they were talking about it, and then from this point on, the day just was was nuts, and of course, that will get us right into the uh, the Race 9 H. Allen jerking stakes, uh, the Halterman's, he was so happy he was jerking it on this race, because this race lived up to the billing, life is good, versus Jackie's Warrior, I mean, it, it was... It's still like I've gone back and watched this race ten times, and it's still amazing the fact that this race went down like it did. Life is good. Mike Smith goes out, blazes. That's twenty <laughs> sub twenty two, almost forty four flat, just absolutely flying. It looks like for a, you're like, dude, this like what's he doing? But this horse might just like roll, like might just throw all these horses into the ground because no one can keep up. And Jackie's warrior, Joel Rosario, sits off. Does this thing comes running late? It was a great effort, unbelievable, too good of an effort for Life Is Good to get beat by. But unfortunately, he faced against the best horse and the best sprinter in the country, and it's Jackie's Warrior. Jackie's Warrior is just a true beast. Wins this race. These two is no. I mean, they were what ten links, nine links ahead of everybody else down the stretch. Jackie's Warrior, Life Is Good, Hawthorne. It was a great performance, and we knew from the top of the stretch we were cashing this ticket. Yeah, from a betting standpoint, it was great. Um, so the only problem was Jackie's Warrior paid $178 uh, for the for the payout of the pick three that we started back with Gameen, and uh, Life is Good paid 238 And so it, it was certainly, a, oh, man, Life is Good would be great. And also uh, we, we played another pick three starting here, $30 straight pick three, and the reason why we did that is we knew this was going to be a chalky three here, and we had life as good as our as our horse in the ninth race. So even though Jackie's Warrior won, and that was great, and it was a reason to give each other a high five because that was a big pick three cash, it was kind of a heartbreaker that life is good lost this race uh, and, and really probably shouldn't have lost it, in my opinion. I think he was the best horse, uh, even though Jackie's Warrior was tremendous. Um, another thing I got to bring up, and this is the heartbreak of the whole guy that no, none of the public knows until right now. So here's how we put together this pick three. Jared and I had the same horse on top, Latruska, in the 10th race. So that one was easy. 
but we had different horses on top in the ninth and in the 11th. You couldn't play uh, two, one, two here. It was just going to be too chalky. And then the ticket was going to get too expensive. So I said, here's what we got to do. I like life or I like Jackie's warrior. You like life is good in the ninth. And then I like Tribuvon and you like Gafoe in the 11th. I said, one of us gets a top pick in the ninth. One of us gets a top pick in the 11th. We had it wrote down for a good while. Life or uh, Jackie's warrior, Latruska, Gafoe. And finally, Jerry was like, yeah, I don't want to leave off. Life is good. I, I want that one. I said, okay, that's fine. I like Tribu Van. And so we switched it to the Life is Good Latruska mm. Tribu Van. If we would have kept it, and I don't like this is not a I, I said Jared wanted to switch it. That's not to blame him because I think he had the right pick. I think again, I think we got very lucky that Jackie's Warrior won that race, or I got lucky, I should say. But it just shows you we made that little change and it cost us about four hundred and fifty dollars, I think. So um that was the one heartbreak on the guide looking back after this was over. Uh, but listen, it's just one of those things. I, I again looking back on it, yeah, life is good. Probably should have won that race and we should have went into the eleventh with a chance. Yeah, you know, it would have been even more like even though it would have been nice to get life is good for the, the higher payout in that first pick three. It would have been even more devastating to to get to the final leg and have Gafoe win and not yeah. hit that and know that we were that close to having it when you know we had tribute vans. So yeah, it was tough because like you say, it was like it's it, it, we just never would have got there. In ter- I mean, it's easy to say that now, but yeah, I don't. Even after watching the result, you're like, I still w- wouldn't have wanted to leave life as good off my ticket, like because hey, he just ran so freaking good, and so. Yeah, it was tough, um, and that was the one. And I think that's a great example of we paid a thirty dollar. I mean, it's probably one of the only times that um, you're going to play a, a ticket that kind of base on a pick three. We played a thirty dollar pick three, single, 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 and it really wasn't that hard to get to at all. I mean, uh, in, yeah. in fact, you know, if if I, if I get lucky enough to get life is good home in that leg that's my three top picks you know what i mean so it's like it wasn't like it was yeah. that hard and that's how you make money that's how you make 500 bucks on a 30 dollars wager with life is good latruska and say gafo who all three were basically favorites so yep. that's how you do it it can be done you just have to press your opinion so even though we didn't catch that we got that first pick three home that pretty much verified or at least secured a profit in the guide that secured that I felt good about it. We we knew we were out of this pick three from the start because we didn't have life as good. Before we get into the rest of that race, Ricky, this race just lived up to the billing. The billing was going into it. That this is going to be an epic showdown. It lived up to it. What do you do with these horses moving forward? And just what do you think of the performance? Yeah, I, I ultimately I think Jackie's Warriors a step behind. Life is good when they're both in form. But I just thought that this is the time where Jackie's Warrior is in the best form of his life. I don't know if life is good off the bench is ready to compete at this level. That's kind of, So, you know, I hate to hark back on it, but it, the Gafo thing, I would have been on the Jackie's Warrior Gafo side because I know what I'm getting with Jackie's Warrior. I'm getting a 99. I, life is good has to run 100 to beat him. And he ran a 90, what, 97, 98, and he lost. It wasn't a bad effort, but you knew he had to come with his best. He it wasn't he wasn't facing 
drain the clock and some other C minus C plus runners, he faced arguably the best sprinter in the land. And he, again, down the road, you know, a couple months from now, probably a different story, but off that bench, it's a pretty stiff test. Um, so it's unfortunate you guys couldn't cash that because it would have been a lot of money. I think life is good is probably better than Jackie's warrior. Again, when they're both at their peak fitness, but one wasn't one was, and that was probably the difference. There's one thing you guys didn't mention. And that was the Mike Smith aspect of this thing. I, again, we're not showing track man comments here, which is fine. I personally don't think Mike Smith did all that much wrong. I know I'm in probably in the minority. I'm kind of Jared. I'm kind of interested to see what you thought in terms of, he really hand rode the horse. I don't disagree there. He hand rode the horse, never really whipped or used a crop or whatever term you want to use. Um, I know Aaron's been on the record because he said it, I think Tuesday, that he thought Mike Smith was the reason that the horse lost. And I don't entirely disagree. I just think Jackie's Warrior was a little bit better after watching Jared, after watching the replay um, or maybe your initial thoughts. Did you think Mike Smith? ultimately cost his horse the race or Jackie's warrior was going to win either way. It's tough. It's tough to say because I, if you, I, who knows, because like with, with Mike saying, like, cause there's quotes after the race, Mike Smith saying, well, he's, he's a quirky horse. And that would kind of, you, you kind of verify that by the fact that, that Pletcher decided to keep him aboard. Um, that, you know, if you, if you ask him to do too many things throughout the race, like he'll fight you. And he'll go. I mean, shit. He's act. He act like he'll go off even faster if you try to pull him up a little bit. So I understand that he might like. He may have been limited to what he could have done. My problem with his effort it was the was a stretch. Basically, I I I like a horse. You know, and I, I love a horse actually when they go out and just fly. It's like just do your thing, man. But when he got to the stretch and Mike was still confidently riding the horse and you've got, he opened up the rail, Jackie Warrior goes zip on by. He didn't really feel like he started going after him until late, like until it was almost too late. And then by that time, Jackie was in front and he, and he rallied back. I would have liked to have seen Mike just ride the hell out of him the entire stretch. Even like if, if, if he does fight him and you know, he goes out or whatever, at least, at least he tried because it seems like the race was over once Jackie got like I think we all I mean I did anyways once Jackie kind of got his nose in front you're like well he's winning this race so I was impressed that life is good fought it and, and fought yeah. back but I, I kind of feel like I don't know like it just seemed it did see I was surprised to see like I think you mentioned it I think it says the exact wording is overconfident handling is a comments for for uh for life is good there so it, that was interesting to see because we asked john about that and he's like yeah it's pretty it's a pretty bold move to say that well speaking of john i do have the answer of would forensic fire been dq'd if he would have won that race uh john says almost certainly i say almost because i see enough questionable decisions by the stewards including most definitely the stewards in new york throughout the year that i can debt that i can't say definitely he would have been disqualified but as I say, he almost certainly would have been uh, taken down in this situation. So, yes, he probably would have been taken down, according to John White, who has been a steward for many, many, many years. So, um, yeah, interesting comment from him. As always, we thank John because he's he. Uh, we asked him about 
the chart thing on Tuesday, Ricky, and he gave us a good answer as well. So um, last thing before we move on, guys, we missed this bet, but this is exactly what I'm talking about when we open this segment up about creating value with short prices. And you said it best, a $30 pick three. You're probably going to play $30 in a regular pick three when you play combinations, right? No combination, straight, $30 pick three, would have paid over $400, and you had the favorite, the favorite, and the favorite. That's what we're talking about. If you like three favorites in a row, you've got a shot to make some money if you play it like that. So you just have to get creative with your bets. Yeah, Yeah, so don't give me that, you know, people, oh, you can't make money with chalk days. Yeah, you can make money. You just got to have the ball. You got to have the balls to press your opinion. Um, I do think... I don't. I don't know. Like, like uh, he ran a huge. Like life. What do you do with life? Because life is good. Ran a one hundred six fire for for that effort. One hundred seven was by Jackie, who by the way uh, ran a career high race that. Yeah, you know, Hawthorne. We said, um, yeah, if he can run that race like he did last time, he's not going to get beat. Well, hell, he increased his fire by five points. Yep. And, I mean, he ran huge. Um, Should have got beat that day and. And should have got beat. Yep. Now, mind you, life is good. Ran a 107 uh, in the San Felipe, but shit, that was you know months ago. I was back in March. So here he comes back off the layoff, runs basically up to that effort that he ran uh, back in March. What are you doing with life is good from here? We know what Jackie is. Jackie's a one turn monster. Keep him doing that. He's a best sprinter as long as he stays healthy. Um, he should be a favorite for the sprint. What are you doing with life is good from here? Because obviously the top options are limited. Probably have one more race under your, uh, 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 you know, open to you before the Breeders' Cup. Classic Dirt Mile Sprint. Where are you going? Uh, dirt Mile for me. I take him to the Dirt Mile. I take the conservative approach here. Uh, I do think they'll stretch him out next time out uh, for the last prep for the Breeders' Cup. So I guess you're going to have to base it on that. But I, if I had to bet, I would say Dirt Miles where he ends up. See the most talented horse in the race? In the dirt mile? No, in the race we saw in in this race. I'm just oh, saying between yeah. him and Jackie. He yeah. is, and I think the world of Jackie's warrior, and I think he's going to win the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I think life is good's more talented. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, there you go. Magic says life is good. You got a 135 time form, and Jackie's warrior got a 132 because obviously it factors a lot more into the speed and the in the way that race stood up. And obviously he ran huge early, um, and that was the fear. Why? That's why I kept going to him, picking him. That's why I couldn't let that go because I was like, he just might be a freak, and he might just freak in this race. And he did, and he still got beat. It was just kind of a kind of a crazy effort. Um, all right, let's get to another maybe freak, and that's in the personal incident, the race ten. Latruska, who's done pretty much nothing wrong all year long, and she continues to back that up. This horse, we did 50 to win on her. We were like, hey, you know what? I wish we would have done 100. We had 100 at one point. Uh, but we're like, hey, I don't think she's going to lose. But she did kind of feel like the horse that, of the favorites, if if you if we left the day saying, man, I can't believe got beat, it kind of felt like her. Everyone was kind of saying that. Ultimately, she got tested and there was really no test. She went to the front. She blazed, set, went 23. We talked about how slow the Travers was. We'll talk about that in a little bit. She was not slow early on in this race, and she just kept going. She just, she's she's turned into an absolute freak. Yeah, I mean, this was awesome. I mean, just go fast and keep on going. I mean, I, I thought she was going to have a lot of trouble holding on here, and she just kept on going, kept on going, just couldn't, they just couldn't pass her. I mean, really impressive performance. Uh, honestly, I mean, 
it was a nice bet for us. We hit it. That definitely uh, kind of eased the sting of losing race nine uh, on that on that next pick three. But uh, it, it certainly felt like, oh, boy, we're in some trouble here for a lot of this race. She just kept going. I love it. Uh, I love uh, Latruska. Uh, this horse has just turned into a monster and uh, some stressful moments, but but got the job done. Yeah, she uh, you kind of thought, oh, my gosh, she's just she's going too fast. She's flying. These, you know, this horse, yeah. you know, you look at how this race just completely melted down. You know, you look at Bonnie South, who came from the clouds, Royal Flag came from the clouds, Dunbar Road came from the clouds. Swiss Skydiver, who was semi-close to this early on, you know, she folded. I Obviously, uh, Miss Marissa, she folded. You know, these like she just kept going. And I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time with her figuring out how she's going to get beat because it just feels like she's running on some sort of different level right now. And if they can continue, I mean, I, I don't see how she's going to, like, she, she might... I think she's one of the like as of right now she might be one of the more the better locks of the Breeders' Cup because who who's going to beat her in the distaff? Um, Ricky, you want to take that one? Well, there's a horse named Monomoy Girl who apparently is training. Uh, and you know I, Latruska beat her. Yep. Continue. Who else? That's probably about Malthot. I, I guess you think Malthot can beat her personally. I I would say Malthot. I think Monomoy Girl at her best is still better. I don't know if we're going to see the best. I think at Malathot's best, she's still not good enough. Um, that's just my opinion. Maybe that's not really looking at numbers and past performances and really breaking it down, but just off the top of my head, I think it's really those three in a group. And to be honest, you know, Monomoy Girl's not coming back to ride in anything less than the Breeders' Cup this staff. If that wasn't what they're pointing for, then they probably wouldn't bring her back, to be quite honest. So, She's done too much in her career. Um, I don't, well, you know, you're not bringing her back. I don't know if it would be interesting. I don't even know if we're going to see, maybe Aaron would know better than me. I don't know how many options she has before the Breeders' Cup this staff, you know, how much they want to rush her. So it would be one heck of a storyline. I'm sure they would get one race in her. But what kind of storyline would that be if Monomoy Girl returns for the Breeders' Cup this staff? No races, no nothing. You want to talk about storylines, you want to talk about Breeders' Cup headlines and memories, that would be one for the memory books to see if she could do it because that would be one of the best feats of all time. Um, yeah, no Breeders' Cup for, for Monomoy Girl. She's not running in the Breeders' Cup. No. All Supposedly, right, so I and I don't buy this, but they're telling everybody, no Breeders' Cup, Cigar Mile. I don't buy it. I don't think she's coming back. That's my prediction. But uh, I, I would say she. But she's not going to be in the Breeders' Cup. That much we know. Um, yeah. If you're not, if you're not pointing, I'm. If you're not pointing the Breeders' Cup, I mean, what are you doing? I, you know what right, I mean? Okay. So that's right. That's my point. Well, what What are we? You You, you want to bring this horse back off? I don't know how many months. What? Here, eight, nine, ten for the Cigar Mile. Here's the thing that's crazy about this story is Halter and I were on our way home from the Breeders' Cup, and we'd just seen an amazing, obviously, Breeders' Cup, amazing performance by her. She goes to the, what was it, Halter, and the next day she went to sales. Um, yeah. And we're like, holy shit, they bought her. Not only they bought her, I don't remember what the price is off the top of my head, but they bought her, and they're going, you know, like, Spindrifts, they're going to, like, run her? They're going to keep running her? Like, what? Like, what does she have to prove? This is crazy. Like, she's done. She has nothing left to prove. Well, she comes back in the Baycoa, wins. 
Then she comes back to the Alba Blossom, like I said. Should like looked like a winner. Latruska, I think she showed that she's the better horse, at least right now. And that was it. It's like, I just don't understand. It's like, just retire. What do you got? You know, she's ran 17 times, and she's won 14 of them. She's earned almost $5 million, and she's obviously sold for a ton more um, what she's worth. So it's, it's like... What is he, what do you need to do? It's like our like give me a like what is that? Like just retire. If you're not going, I mean, if you want to do a swan song, if she's doing unbelievable, I'd say I'm with Ricky. Point of the distaff. If, if that's what you have, if you want to run her, if you're not running a distaff, she's not right. So what are you doing? Just retire. What does she need to do? Yeah, I don't I don't like the idea of running her at all. If you're not if she's I mean I don't know cigar mile Pegasus okay like <laughs> you're gonna bring her off a layoff and then you're gonna run her against the boys two times in a row. Sorry, I think that's a tall tale that the people uh, are telling the my racehorse people. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, that's a probably that's a very good point. By the yeah, way, um, I, yeah, you know what are you gonna I. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. I about even said, Millie. No. Even Millie's like retire, and she owns her. I about said saying? something else, but I bit my tongue. Uh, as far as <laughs> the, the the distaff, you're probably gonna like maybe be surprised or even angry, but I kind of think she's gonna get beaten the distaff by somebody. I really do. She's been so good all year. It is so hard to hold that form all the way to November. From January to November, she's truly a super horse if she wins a distaff. I think she's going to get a little tired, a little spent. And if she faces a little pace pressure, I think somebody will run her down. The problem is, like say, and you're going to say, well, who? And I'm going to tell you, I have no earthly idea who. But somebody's going to do it, I think. I'm a little bit worried about her in the Breeders' Cup. I think that's where we could get an upset. Yeah, I mean, she's ran four straight triple-digit buyers. I think it's, it, I, 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 I think it, I think it goes back to the fact that why we thought she's gonna like so surely she like if there's a if there's a favorite that can get beat, it's her because she just feels like you're kind of waiting for the because let's not forget like it wasn't like Latruska, you know. I think Ricky and I you were talking um, we were leaving the the track on Friday and we were talking I don't know what race we were talking about with her and she like finished like fifth, you know, like two years back. I think it was. Oh gosh, what was it? It was the uh, shit. What was it? It was no, it was uh, the Bell the 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 Bell Dame Invitational, where she finished fourth, beating fourteen. Latruska, we're talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Serengeti. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. It was the Ballerina. It was the Ballerina last year where she finished fifth, and it's just like she was not like she may run a good race, then she finished fifth, then she finished fourth, then she'd win, and it's like. She's definitely, and I asked Halterman, it's like, what do you think the difference is? Well, she's going, she, they, obviously she's gotten better, but she's also going to the lead. And look what she's done. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe she can get beat, but it'd be hard for us to find. Ricky, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? It's, at the end of the day, the, the reason that these big days are so chalky is because connections have their years pretty much planned out. And, and not maybe not the whole year, but... Let's talk about segments, right? Magic just talked about Monomoy Girl, Cigar Mild, and the Pegasus. Well, the Pegasus is in January, so we're already talking, what, the next four months? Like, they plan segments out. If they're not at that point, then they don't run. It's not like you have an allowance source. Oh, we could go non-graded. We can maybe go into an easy, soft allowance. Like, you're grade one where you don't run. That's why we see so much chalk on these days to... Aaron's other point, like, okay, Latruska's going to lose, and 
what's your next best option? That's what you got to ask yourself. Maybe she will lose, but it's fine. You answered that question. Now who's going to do it? Yep. That's the bigger question. I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't like – yeah, I, I was one of Swiss Skydiver's biggest fans after the Preakness. She's not good enough anymore. She's nope. just not. Magic Ring, no, no. Yeah, yeah Magic Rings with Harvest Moon, one, nearing return, loves Delmar, one might get a start. I mean, if that's your if that's your best option, to, to be quite honest, I don't like Malathot. Malathot's probably your best option at the moment uh, when we talk about it. And you can't be confident. If you're so gung-ho on being Latruska, can't be oh. confident in using Malathot as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't know how – Well, certainly in terms of betting, that's going to be your three options. I mean, assuming if, I, I guess two options with Malathot um, and her. So – I just it seems like a tough task. I think Malth like Haltman, I'm I'm you're gonna have to convince me otherwise of how we don't play like a hundred dollars straight exacta. Oh, we're not doing that, I can promise. Because <laughs> I don't like Malathot that well. <laughs> no. No, no, we're not. doing it. We're doing it. Uh all right. We we got a lot we got a lot more show to talk about and we're on an hour. So let's go uh to the sword dancer. Uh the next race up. Race 11, you know, you and I went into this. Obviously, we kind of touched on this a little bit ago. I like Gafo, You like Trubivon. We're like, hey, you know what? This seems like the perfect, you know, I love when this kind of seemed like this one was coming together because, like, Trubivon's going to be on the lead. is going to be coming up. Maybe these two just hit the wire together. Boom, exact the box. Well, hit the top, you know, hit the top of the stretch. We're like, okay, Gafo's firing. You can tell Gafo's firing. He's going to get up from top two. It just felt like he was. Trubivon didn't even... Couldn't get to the lead. It was it was frustrating. I know it was frustrating for you. Um, Gafo was awesome. Gafo obviously rounded out with Japan getting up there for second. So we missed this one entirely. It was frustrating to get Gafo to run that good. Um, surprised by the price, to be honest with you. I couldn't believe Gafo went off as the favorite here. So we kind of missed this one altogether in terms of what we thought the value would be um, in terms of value, quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, value with Gafo. And really, obviously, we... It, it did make it feel a little bit better knowing that we didn't even have Gafo in our $30 pick three, even though we could have. Um, it was a good effort. I don't know what you do with this race kind of a from a, just a perspective of moving forward, but good what do you race, think of very it good overall? Race. And moving forward, I think Gafo's got a big-time shot at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I'll just go on record and say that right now. That's one I'm interested in. I thought she was or he was fantastic. The biggest problem, and you touched on it, is our projected odds. We thought Japan would be the favorite. Right. I mean, we thought everybody was picking Japan. Everybody was talking that horse up. And we thought, boy, I don't think Japan's quite as good as these other two American runners. And if we get the price, this is going to be a nice exacta. And then Gufo's the favorite, but really they all three ended up being right there together in the odds at about five right to there. two, three to one range. So it would have paid no matter what. Um, Gufo ran great. Trippy Vaughn rounded the corner. I looked at you and I said, we're going to have this because he looked like, even though he didn't get the trip that he wanted, he was making a move, and then he just quit uh, badly. Of course, Gufo able to hold on and beat Japan. Didn't have it, but don't feel real terrible about it because I feel like the bet itself was worth playing. It was paying decent enough. Uh, you know, this Tribute Van didn't run. And, it, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that pace really cooked him. Shit, he wasn't on the pace. He was like three links off the pace. He just didn't make a move. Uh, you know, he made a move on the turn and then flattened out in the stretch. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe he does just absolutely have to have the lead to fire his best race. 
Um, but yeah, he, he quit when Gafoe went past him. That was it. So um, great race for Gafoe. Yeah. I think he's he's got massive, massive talent. And I think if they can just kind of get him right and keep him right, he's going to have a lot to say in this division and at the Breeders' Cup. That's my problem because I just don't know if he's if I can rely on him. Like I, I did, I felt really strongly about him in this race because I felt like, you know, he had kind of been knocking on the door, kind of got his confidence back in that in that ungraded stakes race, and then obviously won was impressive. He kind of felt like with Kristoff, he's gonna get he's gonna fire a big one here. I just don't know. Like is he, and I also don't know if he's like. I mean, Japan. I don't, you know, we kind of said like this, this field wasn't amazing, you know, so he's going to have to continue to step it up. I don't know if I can trust him as much as you do, um, especially if he's going to have to face domestic spending again. Uh, well, to this question, you're going to fall out of your chair here. I think Gavo has more talent than domestic spending, but the problem is. They have the same closing kick, but domestic spending can sit three links closer to the lead. So I don't, I still don't think Gufo can beat him because I think they're going to close and be similar, but I think domestic spending is always going to get the jump. But you're talking about just a, just a flat who has the best turn of foot. I think Gufo does. I think it's close, but I think he does. But that tactical advantage, I'll take domestic spending every time. Yeah, I mean that's fair because Gafo is. I mean, he, if there's one thing you can count on, it's he's gonna bring a he's gonna bring a run. Yep. You know, it's just he gets so far back, and uh, to this and to the point, you know, um, on Saturday he he didn't he wasn't too far out of the race. You know, ever yep. uh, he was pretty close, and he still had that kick. And maybe, like you said, maybe like Kamont Rosario, it's fig- they figured that out. You know, with this horse, and maybe just com- combination of. The horse and maturing, but yeah, he's definitely one. Don't get me wrong; like he makes it interesting for sure. As far as you know, how we're going to play that race, like to make you know, he he definitely is a, is a horse like you can't leave off. I don't feel like so. To to this point, I agree. Okay, but it's a say it's a twelve horse field. Domestic spinning draws inside. He gets in some traffic. He gets out late. He's not good enough to beat Gafo if he has some kind of trouble. Right. So if they're close and Gafoe's going to be probably triple the price, I think he's a sneaky use in the Breeders' Cup. That's all I'm saying. I, I do not think he's as good as domestic spending, but I think if domestic spending has some issues, Gafoe can beat him. Yeah, that's another thing. The speed on the turf. I mean, we'll see. Um, it, it definitely well, had some intrigue there. My rebuttal to that is it's not going to be next week. You know, it's in November. We'll see how it plays then. Uh, you just never know. I know historically it does play friendly to the speed, but you never know. Maybe Delmar sees that and is like, well, we need to give these horses a fair chance. And they try to, you know, change the track somehow to make it play a little more fair. We'll see. Ricky, you've been uh, quiet through this. What do you think? Uh, are you, are these horses that you like to use or are going to like to use? I should say, uh, as we head into the Breeders' Cup. I still try to use the Europeans. We'll start there. Yeah. I thought Japan actually ran a lot better than what he looked on the track because Halterman and I looked at each other we're like, this horse looks like garbage. Um, yeah, he's just small. I I never, I, you know, It's hard to look at a horse's talent just on their looks, but it wasn't overwhelming. We're going to find out a lot, I think, this weekend at Kentucky Downs on Sunday, like the big-ass fans, dueling ground, whatever, whatever. <laughs> we're going to see horses like Cellist. We're going to see Dujour back in there. I think that will give us a better indication of what to make um, of the American group. 
I don't know. I don't think Gafo is as good. Gufo, Gafo, whatever. is as good as domestic spending. But again, Delmar turf is a little different. Um, yeah, to Magic's point, best firm turf, Euros won't care about a sweet. Yeah, the Euros are just better um, as a collective group. What, what I think the race that domestic spending comes out of, which was at Arlington Park, which was the Mr. D, Mrs. D, whatever the heck it was. And then this, it's like, well, maybe that American group is a little bit closer than we thought. But in terms of the Breeders' Cup, I'm, I'm kind of with Magic. Like, they don't stand a chance to the Euros as far as – if you brought the best Euros over the top, it's not even close. I'm pretty sure they would run one, two, three, four. Maybe domestic spending can, can crack the top three, but I have no interest in Gafo unless he is double digits, to be quite honest. I just don't think – I have much of an interest again, double digits maybe, but outside of that, not really. We'll see. That's the thing about that's the equalizer, right? That, uh, in terms of, of the, uh, British cup is you get prices, you know, you'll, if you have an opinion, you usually, um, well shit, uh, would I, Santa Barbara probably could beat these guys. Our us horses, right? She, and she's a Philly. So Santa Barbara is a beast. Um, anyways, all right, let's get to, uh, the main event. Of course, we go into this race. I don't remember, Halterman. You, we were close to... What were we going into the Travers? We were up 80-some dollars going into the Travers. I can't me- remember exactly. Okay, so we go to the Travers up, We but we have $100 to win uh, on Essential Quality. And again, this it was tricky because I don't think either one of us thought this horse would be pounded like he was. Um, just given the Travers, we thought, well, surely people are going to be taking shots. They're going to be trying to beat him. Yes, he's going to be a low price, but, you know, four to five, probably. Yeah, that seems fair. This horse goes off, what was he, two to five? Just got mm-hmm. absolutely blasted. Never, you know, you could tell he's locked in in terms of how this horse is getting bet. But he won. So, you know, maybe we didn't get a huge return there. We bet 100 to win. He wins. We know we're going to get a cash. We make money on the day. He was unbelievable. First, let's talk about the overall uh wagering guide so the hundred dollars to win how did we end up faring on the day yeah so we made on the day we made 127 dollars which equals out to a 34.3 percent roi so pretty solid uh that brings our total roi for the year up to 33.2 percent so we've done very very well uh $783 profit if you played these all the way from the breeders cup last year to the travers now so a lot to be proud of here. Uh, like I say, 34.3% RI was great. Here's the deal with this with this wager. It was pretty stupid at two to five, but you you can't, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? It's like, we thought four to five, uh, likely three to five at worst. And at three to five, I still don't think this was a bad wager. Obviously, you don't want to bet horses at two to five very often. Now this worked out and he, he definitely won and, and, it, and it paid what it paid you know i think we got like right. 45 dollars back for this so it's you can look at it as well that's an atm that's 45 bucks but still you wanted to be a little bit more than two to five here um as far as the performance i mean it was never in doubt you might look at it and say well how can you say that they were neck and neck in the stretch and it was a what was it like a head or a half 
Like you say, it wasn't in doubt because I've seen him run too many times. It was never in doubt. He was going to win that race. They are coming for the top of the stretch in the run. Happy Travers. And it is Midnight Bourbon and Essential Quality. And now they're heads apart as they head for home with the roar of the Saratoga crowd. It is Essential Quality on the outside of Midnight Bourbon. The two of them are right together inside the eighth pole. Essential Quality narrowly. Midnight Bourbon continues the battle on. They're coming down for the finish. It is Essential Quality and Midnight Bourbon, essential quality, has won the Run Happy Travers. He won the Belmont with class. He wins the Run Happy Travers with style. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he, he's, he sits, you know, Midnight Bourbon goes. We talked about earlier with Latruska. They went so slow, so slow early in this race, which set up for an incredibly fast closing. Uh, and you kind of knew once... You know, Midnight Bourbon, you can see the fractions, obviously. They go 114. Like, good Lord, these are walking. And essential quality just rises. Like you say, like, once he ranges up, it's over. There's, you're not, you're not going to outkick this horse. If this horse has, a, you know, the right trip, or the fair trip, I should say, you know, he's wide, I guess, in the derby. That's the excuse we can use. He's not going to get outkicked. Once he gets there next to you, it's over. Like, yep. You kind of touched on it. How you get a beat is like you, 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 you've got to be able to where he can't see you, right? Because if yep. he sees you, it's over. Like if he's in range, he's gonna, he's, he's just, he's so smart. And Brad Cox has made mention of this many times. Obviously, you could, if you, you've watched enough racing, you see it, you know it. He's super, super smart. He knows how to win a race and he continues to do it. I'd get way the hell away from him if I'm trying to beat him. Get way away from him, you know? If you're closing with him, you get out in the center of the track. You lose ground, well, whatever. Get away. Don't let him see you. If he sees you, he can beat you. Or, or, or if he sees you, he's going to beat you, I should say. If he doesn't, you know, maybe not, because that's his one flaw, right? He doesn't He doesn't kick away from a horse once he gets there. Now, the good news for him is he out, he, 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 he out, he out kicks him to the wire, but he sticks with him. So if you could get away from him and close on the outside, obviously you're going to have to have a hell of a horse to do this. <laughs> But if you can do that, you might sneak up and beat him. That's the key. Yeah. I mean, what do you – he's obviously making his case, right? Him and Nick's go, good to be Brad Cox, making their cases for Horse of the Year. Who are you putting on – who's the front runner of Horse of the Year right now? Um, He's the front runner. But I think a Breeders' Cup win for Nick's go, and he's a cinch. But right now, I would have to say essential qualities out in front – but I think, you know, it's it's got to be one of those two, and the winner of the classic is going to determine it. Well, if they both train up to the classic, which is po- very possible, especially considering Brad Cox trains them both, it is kind of nice to say, okay, winner take all. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. here we go. If whoever wins, you get horse of the year, and there's really no argument there because obviously you beat the other one. There you go. And and the fact that their styles are so comp, they they complement each other so perfectly in terms of one's going to go to the lead, one's going to sit off of the lead and it's really going to be about who's better. Um and it's really going to I mean let's let's you know knock on wood that we get, you know, they, we we have a couple of months left that we get there. Let's hope that it does, but if that's the case, it's going to make up make for a unbelievable stretch run of the of the classic. Yep. No question. Back to back years, the classic will decide horse of the year. I think I think that's very accurate. And 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 
to my point, as I, not to keep harping on it, but it is amazing to think if it all sets up like it should. We know Nick's go is going to go. You know Central Quality is going to give you a run because he always does. It's just really going to be about who's better, right? You're just you're going to. I mean, it should step up and unless Hot Rod Charlie says "fuck you both" <laughs> and I'm going to win this thing. Uh Ricky, what did you think of the race? Yeah, uh, I still think Nick's go is a touch better than Essential Quality uh, on their best day. Now, uh, unless you want to make the case that Essential Quality has just mastered this three-year-old group, three-year-old crop, where no matter what, he just knows how much he wants to win by. I try to stay away from that theory. I think that's us as horse racing fans giving horses way too much credit. But it's possible. Uh, I mean, no one can confirm nor deny. Um, The problem is Essential Quality is going to run you in 98 every time probably not a perfect race nick's go can run you a perfect race but he could also run you a b minus race and, and, that, and that we've seen that time and time again he ran an a plus he ran a i'm never gonna give a horse a hundred unless you're gonna match secretariat when he won by 31 lengths but he ran a 99 in that whitney and no one was beating him if he runs out again essential quality is not beating it and i don't think anyone here would disagree but he can run a race where you're kind of like, what was that? So that's – I don't like betting on horses where I have to hope the other horse doesn't run his best. That's just me. I, I don't like to play that theory. Um, see, why did, why did we have to do this? Um, what is it? Yeah, like everyone's – yeah. I'm just surprised she's up past like 9 o'clock at night. Um Anyway, yeah, uh, that's just me. I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think because at the end of the day, yeah, whatever. At the end of the day, it's like you guys, you, you know, we've all said like a Nick's Go still in that back of your mind still has that really bad race like available to him. Essential Quality hasn't run one dating back to when he debuted. He just hasn't run a bad race. So it's going to be interesting. I would personally, if you want to throw headlines and it's not going to happen, I would have loved to see Truska face the boys. That's just not going to happen just to maybe throw a wrench into things that would help out essential quality, but that's not going to happen. But just trying to make up headlines, storylines here. Dr. Miranda is just jealous that you're not talking to her. Um, so essential, <laughs> essential quality is we've got a one Oh seven for the win there, which is pretty much right in line with what he's, you know, he got a hundred for the uh, Kentucky Derby loss one Oh nine, the Belmont. He did get 98, uh, in the Jim Dandy of course, bumped it up to one Oh seven. So to your point, he's going to run you. Let's assume he's going to run like his big effort, his best effort. He's going to have him ready. He's going to run a one Oh five to one ten. Right? Like, that's what he's going to run in the classic. Like, Nick's go, I feel like, has higher upside than that. I just, I think he can. Now, the question becomes mile and a quarter. How do we get to get that distance? You know, obviously, your pace comes into play a lot more with Nick's go than, than uh, such a quality because he kind of just, such a quality is very versatile. So I don't know. It, it, he, it adds a lot of intrigue. I do think, I do lean more towards Nick's go has a little bit higher barely ceiling so i think it's it makes up for an unbelievable like i say makes up for an unbelievable um you know conclusion to the year with these two lining up in the classic let's hope they both get there all right that's gonna put a wrap this has been the longest recap of the wagering guide slash day but it was a huge amount of racing and a lot of horses that are gonna you know be factors into the end of the year so um essential quality wins 
the Travers, and he's on to the classic. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire presented by, let's do RD Sports. What do you say? RD Sports, Racing Dudes Sports, the new sports site at racingdudes.com. Just click the other sports on the main menu to get access to all our information on the NCAA football and, of course, NFL coming here soon. Uh, of course, these guys uh, all over it. Haltman, you've been all over it with the podcast with your dad. Uh, dudes who bet, uh, of course, that's, uh, I mean, it's it's already starting to, to take off, and we love watching, you know, we're into the, like, this is the time of the year that we're really getting excited because we're NFL college football guys. Um, but having the site now where we have information, we have picks, we, uh, of course, you guys, you know, we are talking earlier, we're, we're all watching, you know, watch, have football on. Um, so might as well be talking about it on the website, right? So racingdudes.com, RD Sports. Uh, make sure you go check it out if you want, you know, if you're saying, you know, I'm taking a break since for the Breeders' Cup because I, I love college football, I love NFL, whatever. Well, guess what? You don't ever have to leave the site. We have you covered a lot more expanding into that as the year goes on. So stay tuned. All right. Well, yeah, four races we're going to uh, cover here real quickly. As we have, I mean, it is what it is. It's field of six, but we have Breeders' Cup implications. And that is at the spa, of course, for race 12 on Saturday, the Jockey Club Gold Cup grade one worth a million dollars for three-year-olds and up going one and a quarter miles filled a six lined up and it is a Breeders' Cup winning in for the Long Jeans Classic so we talked a lot about the classic earlier uh, in terms of who can face uh you know Nick's go and it's such a quality well the winner here might uh Forza Oro eight to five you got Max Player at five to two who upset Happy Saver at nine to five last out Night Ops at five to one really it looks like it's between one of those Three, Forza, Max, Happy. Who do you like? I went Forza Dioro on top. I think he's kind of the now horse. I was between him and Happy Saver. This race is really bad. I mean, there's no way around it. Uh, but this this horse, Forza Dioro, ran so well over this track last time out, an allowance win. Uh, allowance that we talked about on the Rocket Hour, Ricky. And uh, so he, he did a really nice job there to win. He's won three in a row. I just feel like if you can keep this horse healthy, He's got a little bit of a future here. Here, Bill Mott certainly can develop a racehorse, especially an older horse like him. So I'm going Forza Dioro, breaking from the rail. I think he gets the job done. Ricky, what do you got? Yeah, I was on Forza Dioro too, but I think Happy Saver is a horse that we do have to give true consideration to. I mean, he just rolled off wins until he ran in the Suburban, and that was over a sloppy track. I mean, I don't think we're going to get any more weather. Um, I know this is Sunday. It's supposed to rain a little bit maybe into Saturday and Sunday, but it shouldn't be too bad. If it's a fast or, you know, good, you know, something close to fast, I mean, Happy Saver's got to be considered. I don't think there's just one race that we got to throw out there. I mean, he was a nice horse leading up to that, and he was 8-5 to in the Suburban. So I definitely think those two are a step above. But overall, I'm with Halterman. I mean, this is pretty weak. I don't know if this was the move to Saratoga that's this way. I just think we see a lot of horses just over the summer, they run a race and just lead up to the Breeders' Cup. I don't think it has to do where this race is placed, but we're only two months away. So pretty weak, but pretty solid, you know, field in terms of, like Jared, like you said, their implications on the line. I mean, it is amazing that you can run a race last week called the Travers and not have a winner in your end, and then you have this race here sitting here, and the winner gets gets in. Um, it's hard to believe, but that's what, you know, that's what it is. Uh, I'm with Alterman. I like the one Forza. I think the, the post draw, you know, I think this horse should be very forwardly placed. It's going to sit the perfect trip. This horse has won three in a row. Granted, low, low, lower company, but he finally gets his shot at a grade one. 
and he deserves it. I mean, this horse has been awesome the last three, and you know, really, you can look at how this horse came back off that long layoff in the Discovery, came back to run at Saratoga. It was sloppy that day, of course, and just dominated. Ran a 101 buyer match, the career high buyer that the horse ran the last race. And to come like that with a Bill Mott off the layoff, this horse is going to be ready to fire even bigger, in my opinion. I think he's going to be awful tough to beat. And my bottom line is I just don't trust, like I don't trust Happy Saver enough to, 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 to pick here. So Forza, I feel like you're going to get the effort. Is he good enough? We'll find out. But I'm with Halterman here. I like number one, Forza Dioro. One race prior, race 11, the Fireball Stakes. Agreed. One, that's right. You heard that right. The Fireball is now happening in early September, we were just talking off air that it's always a, a race that we feel like it's it, equivalent with fall, and and we're we're before fall now. So get used to the Fireball Stakes at Saratoga, 600K, Phillies and Mares, four and up, going one three eighth miles on the turf field of seven. Lines up for this one, and unlike the other one, this one feels like you have a very strong favorite, number three, Warlike Goddess, at four to five, winner of three in a row. Really, has done almost nothing wrong in her entire career. Five wins and six starts. A distance specialist. Likes Saratoga. Likes this distance. She likes the longer they go, the better. Winner of this race gets in the Longines turf. Halterman, what do you think of, of, uh, of her showing up here? And what do you think of her chances? Well, I mean, if she runs the race she did last time out in the Glens Falls, it's, it's over, right? I mean, there's just no way that anybody's going to beat this horse. She's just simply better than everybody else in the race. My sister, Nat, who was second in that race, is back here. Well, she beat that horse by three and a quarter. It was not even competitive. So, Warlike Goddess, to me, seems like a single uh, in this situation. The only horse that kind of the new shooter, so to speak, is American Bridge coming over uh, from Europe. But I kind of look back at this horse's past performances. It's not great. This is not like a really strong European runner, I don't think. So, Warlike Goddess should win this. And... It really shouldn't be much of a challenge. Yeah, and I misspoke. It's, uh, I, or I said it wrong anyways. It's not the turf. It's the Philly Mare turf. So, of course, because they're all Phillies and Mares. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. We're like goddess to me. And I, I, if, if she loses, I'm the jinx because I've tried to beat her multiple <laughs> times. I've used her and then I've tried to beat her. I don't remember if it was. I don't think the loss was her was when I picked her, so I should be safe. But I, if she does lose, it's because of me. I think she is just she's just much of a too much of a standout. She's, I mean, I, I don't see. You know, I tried to beat her with my sister Nat last time, and she just disposed of her like she was nothing because she is compared to Warlike Goddess. Like my sister Nat runs second, sure. The only horse I was interested in was a six, just because from a standpoint of a new shooter, so to speak. But I just don't think. You can you can you can match up with the Warlike Goddess. So I'm with you. I think she's a single here. Uh, what do you think, Ricky? I think there's another horse to consider. Uh, I, I truly think La Signore is interesting. You know, going through these time form numbers again, Warlike Goddess got a 123 in the Glens Falls, a 122 in the Bewitch. La Signore got a 119 in the Diana to Altica in Summer Romance, and then got a 120 in the Gamely at Santa Anita against Maxim Rate. If she can repeat a 119-120, it's uh, she should be on the lead. There's really no true speed in here, but I think she'll be the one on top. I think she has the chance to go gate to wire. I'm not sure if she's good enough, but I think she has to be considered. I, I don't think she's good enough. I mean, I don't think Warlike Goddess is good enough to just eliminate everyone else. That's probably the only one I give a shot to. I know Chad Brown was talking about um, six um, as well a little bit. Um, on the show today, Fox Sports Show. 
Um, but I do think, to Magic's point, La Signore could wire. A warlike goddess is better. She's more talented, but she's going to have to close. And we saw them kind of walk the dog the other day uh, with coinage. Aaron and I were talking about it this morning. Warlike goddess better be a legitimate eight to ten lengths better if she's going to win. Maybe she is. Maybe she's not. I don't know. You, you're shaking your head. How? How? Oh, eight she to ten lengths better? Are you high? Give me a break. No, no. When when she's when they open up, I mean, she's going to be eight to ten lengths off of it. That's what I meant. I don't think she's going to win by eight or ten. I lengths. thought you meant she's going to have to be eight to ten lengths better than La Signer to beat her because that's no, how no, no, that's no. how much of an advantage that horse is going to have. I think, I think, yeah, that's what I thought too. So yeah, I think she's winning by six lengths when they when they're in the back stretch. I do. I truly believe that. So okay, maybe not eight to ten. I'll say six to eight. To be fair, to be fair, this horse though. I mean, I don't. I, I understand, but like even she's won off soft paces. She's won off hot paces. Like I, just, I think more like God. I don't. I don't necessarily think that the that the like a lone speed type situation is going to get her beat. I, I just don't, I think she's better than the rest. Now I do agree if you're going to use one, if you're like, if you like I, Log Signer makes sense. Like she's got the class, you know, she can at least give you some sort of effort. I just don't think she's good enough to hold off a horse. Like we're like, I think she just sits, sits closer. If, if it's slow, she'll sit closer. I, I just think she's a smart horse. And obviously, um, yeah, late Peru who's ridden this horse pretty much her entire career knows what he's doing so uh i'm on more like goddess you are going to take a shot with uh with the one ricky and halterman you like more like goddess as well next up let's go to del mar race nine the john c maybe stakes grade two or two and a k for phillies and marriage cereals and up going one and one eight miles on the turf field of nine lines up for this one these races over here might be a little bit more competitive We'll see what you guys' thoughts are because I seem to chalk out a little bit. Seven to two on maximum rate, three to one on dog tad, six to one on Bodicita, six to one on tap water going to Vegas at four to one. I mean, you got options all over the place. Where are you going, Alterman? Kind of the heartbreak kid here, the five year old mayor now, dog tag. Good lord. Three races in a row. This horse gets second. It seems like she just kind of makes up ways to lose. She just, again, to me, looks like the better horse of the race. I, I'm going dog tag one more time. Um, hopefully we get every bit of that three to one. I don't want a real short price here, but uh, I think she gets it done here. Last time out was not a great trip at all and still came running and came within a length of the quarter. I like dog tag a lot here. Uh, I, well, I shouldn't say I like dog tag a lot. It's hard to with that with this string of seconds, but I think she fits really well. I think she's the best horse on this one. Ricky, what do you think? Yeah, I also went with dog tag, but I, I think you'd be naive not to consider a lot yep. in here, to be honest. And, and for a morning light favorite, she's got to be one of the more vulnerable ones on the card. Um, there are no, no real time form numbers that stick out. She hasn't won in a long time. But I'm kind of with Aaron. Uh, I think dog tag, at their at everyone's best, she's the horse to beat. But again, you've you really got to go through pretty much the whole field maybe a few you could throw out but i will put dog tag on top but i think very vulnerable uh yeah this one i end up going with number one maxim rate i think like you know she she's dangerous a little bit because she you know she, last time out she runs off the layoff a little bit of a layoff and then talking about dog tag you maxim rate finished right behind her 
Uh, going out, going a little longer here. Obviously, the, you know, I think Maxim rate a little need to let freshen up because it was a little further back than normal. She gets longer. She'll be closer. She draws the one, so she's going to get a better situation in terms of forwardly plays. I think she might be firing on a big one here. So, I, you know, mile and eight for her, she can win. She runs well. This, she likes Del Mar turf as well. So, to me, I think if you're – it's not like a prize, seven to two. But I, to, to your point, I mean, you can make a case for a bunch of these. This is not a league you want to get uh, – you want to get knocked out of. So, um, maximum rate for me. But, again, I, I have no problem with uh, – with using dog tag or several of these in here because I went through a bunch of them, but I think number one maximum rate for me. And finally, let's go to race 11, the Del Mar Derby. Uh, it's a great two. We're 250K for three-year-olds, one one and one-eighth miles on the turf. Field of, uh, a large field of 14 uh, fills up for this one, lines up for this one. And like, I talked to you right, right before we started this. It's like, dude, I, I need, like, I need your take on this. Hudson Ridge is 92, five to one on Sword Zorro. Uh, flashes six to one eight to one a crew dragon i mean it's all over the place in terms of you know who you like and i and i kept going back and i'm sure as you guys did as you handicapped this you gotta go back to the, the uh la jolla that race back uh back in i guess it's early in august because a lot of these horses are coming out of it hudson ridge uh zafrelli sword zorro and you kind of had that disqualification and who floated who out and it, all these horses are coming back and so you kind of go through that and say okay who was the best horse of that what happened there how did that affect the, the result and you kind of try to go backwards on how to handicap that then you also look okay the jockeys just completely did a musical chairs here pratt's now on hudson ridge for bob baffert that says something too. So what do you guys think of this race? This is a weird one for sure. I'm going to go deep here as well. Uh, and I'm sure Ricky's probably going to echo that sentiment. I thought Zofarelli makes the most sense here. That's who I'm going to put on top. Uh, DQ winner last time out. Only got beat a nose as far as who crossed the wire first in, in the La Jolla. Um, you know, the other thing... Second time out in this country, I think that's a big thing. Last time out, well, that was the first uh, first race for this horse in the United States. So second time out in this country, and at a distance, I, I think it's going to help this horse as well. So I'm going to go with the number nine, Zofarelli, on top. Um, I think she he runs an improved race today than, than the last time out, or better than the last time out, I should say. What do you think, Ricky? Yeah, I'm going to go all the way to the outside, barely on the page. And that's the 14 flashiest to Aaron. I will agree with Aaron, though. I try to use as many as you can as your budget will allow you. Um, I really, I know he didn't run well at Saratoga in the Saratoga Derby. But if you look at his races here, you know, at Del Mar, Santa Anita, Santa Anita kind of has done everything right. And that Saratoga Derby field was loaded, absolutely loaded. You have. Europeans, you had Dujour who's running, you had Cellist, I believe, who's also running at Kentucky Downs. I'm pretty sure everyone in that field, or almost everyone, would beat this group, in, in my humble opinion. Now, this isn't a bad field, it's just not one of the best stakes races at Saratoga. So, with that being said, I'm concerned about the post position, but on talent, I'm going to try to overlook that. I think this horse really does make some sense. and hopefully because of his running style he can find a decent spot to sit in i'll take a shot but again like halterman i'll echo it you gotta go as deep as your budget will allow yeah the, 
to me, it's too hard to go that wide. I feel like because I just think they're all so evenly matched here. That that's like the factor that I, I think if that horse drew better, I may have gone. Um, you know, Alterman, I was between Zafrelli and uh, and the horse that I ended up going with, which I'm surprised no one, you know, uh, no one picked. Number one, Hudson Ridge. I just I thought the Pratt jumping aboard was my final kind of okay. I'm going there. And you watch back at the La Jolla, this freight, this horse, man, son of uh, American Pharaoh, he looks, I mean, he's a big horse. And he, like, he looked like he was going to eat Zafrelli. When Zafrelli came next side by side, like, he was right. I mean, he, like, this is one intimidating horse. Horse gets a better trip. You can almost say, okay, I think if you get Pratt on board, you might get the trip you want, right? So you got the trip. He's going to get the, he gets the one, uh, the one hole there. So he gets a better draw. In terms of being forwardly placed i think he's going to run a big effort the factor that bob baffert on the turf like i'm not a big bob baffert on the turf kind of fan he talked about DeJour. i guess he did it earlier in the year um but it's pratt it's baffert this horse looked i thought he looked the best of that of that race uh the last back he gets you know gets a jockey upgrade i, I to me this horse is gonna be awful tough likes a distance so i'm a number one hudson ridge <laughs> Well, that's all done. We have checks out at RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our handicap products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes premium button at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Of course, big weekend coming up. All the information you need right there. Just be a subscriber and you get all the information for free. RacingDudes.com is a destination site for free horse racing picks and information. And, of course, we also have Racing Dudes Sports. So we're just talking about the football, what's going on with these games going on right now. Of course, when the NFL gets going, you know we'll be talking a ton about it. So... Stay tuned and, and go to check out racingdudes.com slash sports to get more information on that. We're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram and Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even website racingdudes.com. Uh, go check out the Magic Mike show. They did the late pick four at uh, Saratoga on Saturday. So you want more information on how they're playing the Jockey Club and, of course, the Flower Bowl, how they're playing those races, of course, in that sequence. Go check out the Magic Mike show as well. Before we get off air, though, I had to make mention of this because, like I said, I didn't, I, I didn't use, I didn't use it as the opening because of you know love one, I guess. But hang on, I got to show you this. This so the Travers weekend was amazing, but what really made the Travers weekend better than ever was this guy was Borat Capper. Borat Capper, we saw him live in a person. Of course, there's me in the background dying laughing. This is when he this is when he emerged, which was like race, I don't know, four or five. Uh my favorite is this guy here in the back over here. Like just like that's a that's about I like, that's a picture that someone took. <laughs> oh, it was classic. All day long this guy this idiot was walking around Saratoga just an absolute nutcase. I mean, look at this guy. He's got pictures with <laughs> Steve Aspison. Uh, after Jackie's Warrior just had won, he's taking pictures with him. Um, here's uh, Eric, what the Eric Callett, the, the photographer over there. I mean, look at this idiot. I he's got Dallas Stewart. That was before. <laughs> uh, he got fully get up. He got, took two pictures, I think, with <laughs> Dallas. Uh, Jonathan Thomas. Of course, Travers winning trainer Jonathan Thomas. I mean, this dude is all. He was yelling at jockeys, jockeys. I mean, Rosario, Luis Saez, they were laughing. He was yelling at the fucking you know mayor of New York. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I I've I've never yeah. seen anything like it, and I don't think we ever will. Right, Ricky? I, I was gonna say I know one human being 
who could have pulled it off with that kind of energy, and it's him. There's, yeah. if, if you were like, oh, this is what we're going to do. They're going to have to do all these things. Pick anyone. I, there's literally not one human being that I would pick other than him. I, it's not even a punishment. What He, he made it like full-on entertainment. Um, <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys are actually want to pee yourself, go, there's a live ABR, so America's Best Racing Stream. Go to their Twitter, I believe, or Dan Corgement, an anonymous fan. You see Saratoga Slim or Borat or whatever. He's in the upper right corner about a minute in, and he's dancing behind the hosts of the show. I don't know if that's considered potential sexual assault or not. <laughs> it was one of the funniest. That right here. So here's the picture. If you guys are looking, this is the picture of what it looks like, but you could see in front of you that there's someone sitting there. <laughs> there's a live stream to this show. It's not just a picture. Like, there is a stream. I, I don't know. Maybe Jared can pull it up. It's on America's Saturday sometime and find it, but it is completely worth it. It's right at the opening. It's within the first 10 seconds. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I. Well, how about this? We can we go to a, a better subject as we wrap up. The, Sunday afternoon was one of the best afternoons that I've had. Um, I talked about it on the Rocket Hour, but I got to spend some time with Little Slim. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, buddy. What? What? Little Slim? What it's Little Slim? It's Shram? No, t- only you would take it that way. I said Oliver Spector right after. You got to You got to get your head out of the gutter. You have to- look at that. Look at that cute. Look at that cute little girl. That's uh, that's Cullen's future, future wife right there. So yeah, there there's go. no pressure on Cullen now, or no pressure on Ella either. Um, with, with that line. What about the um, Ricky and the kid uh, Oliver picture? Yeah, they don't think they're. I'll go to Ricky's profile. Hopefully, he hasn't retweeted some porn stars or anything on here. <laughs> no. no. I don't. He's, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's from like Sunday. He's got it on here somewhere. Oh look at this. Yeah, there he is. Look at look that. at this. I mean, shit. If 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 you don't if you aren't on dating profiles, you need to add that. You you would just have them just eating out of the palm of your hand, dude. Yeah, it's a, it's not a bad picture. There's another one that I didn't upload that I kind of like a little bit better, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's Oliver Spector, um, the new probably the newest handicapper. Yeah, that's a good picture. The newest handicapper of the bunch. Um, it, was, it was fun to hang out there on Sunday and not really talk about horse racing too much, which was cool as well. So an overall good Sunday to wrap up what was the degenerate type of weekend. It, it was great. We spent Friday night with Slim and his wife and, and his wife's friend, and it was it was just so chill, relaxed, nice, such a good time. Of course, Saturday, he puts on the performance of a lifetime, uh, something I'll never forget. And then, yeah, to have more more time with Slim on Sunday. We hadn't really spent a lot of time with Slim away from the track like that, and that was really, really good. That, one of the highlights of the of the whole meet at Saratoga definitely was that Sunday and that Friday night. I totally agree, Ricky. Well, that and our, our livers, my liver definitely needed it. I needed to, I needed a break from... Listen, the the French toast that Kate made really soaked up a lot of that alcohol. It was great. That was much, much needed. 
Hey, Magic wants to know if Slim ever hooked me up with that girl. That's another story, Magic. We we could <laughs> we can uh, we can touch on that off air. The short answer is no. Yes. Yes is the short yeah. answer. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The question is, did Slim ever? Oh, hook well, Jared then I guess the answer girl? would be yes. Slim definitely yeah. did. He did his part. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he. he he was the coach. He game planned it. You exactly. were the player. You didn't execute. Oh, That's <laughs> no. Well, that, the question was, did he ever hook you up? Basically, did the coach draw up a game plan? The answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I I don't really know why we hesitated on that answer. To be quite honest, I don't want to. I say well, we can talk off air, Magic. Okay, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get. Yeah. She's a nice girl. Uh, all right, all right. So let's 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 put, let's put a wrap to it. Um, all right, that's uh, that's a wrap. Uh, again, go check out go check out the website racedudes.com. I'm Jared Welch. Uh, he's uh, Aaron Halterman. He's also Ricky Pasternak. <laughs> like this weekend, guys. She's a nice girl. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>